0: Enjoy. Well, we are officially in the middle of the Christmas season. I know for many of us, this really is the most wonderful time of year for a number of different reasons. You know, we we enjoy the extra gatherings with our friends and our families. Maybe for for many of you, it's because of all the Christmas movies and the Christmas music uh, that you get to listen to, or you just like all the decorating and all the things that you can put inside and outside of your house. And my family's there with you as well. We're enjoying the season. Last weekend, we got to go see uh, Santa Claus with the kids. Uh, We're getting our fill of the Christmas movies, and even uh, with the decorations, uh, we decided to uh, go all out. In fact, my, my, my son and I, we were at Menards the other day, and we saw a Christmas decoration that we just had to put in our front yard, and so Baby Yoda is out there in his Christmas splendor. Uh, we did that. My wife is thrilled, you know, that that's out there, but uh, we're just enjoying uh, the Christmas season as well. And for many of us, I mean, it really is the most wonderful time of year, but for others of us... We go throughout the season, and, and it's a difficult time of year, and, and it's tough for a number of reasons. Maybe for some of you, uh, the added gatherings and all the things in the calendar that's just piling up, I mean, that, that's creating some stress, and you're like, oh, I'd, ra- I'd rather not be uh, with, with all of those people. Or maybe um, as we're heading into this time of year, you know, the inflation, it's really starting to take a toll, and you're feeling the financial pressure and, and the stress for all of that, maybe with uh, buying gifts for others. Uh, maybe you have a relationship. And there's just something about the, that relationship in this time of year, that tension, it just increases and, and, and it just magnifies all the tension that you're facing this time of year. And then for others of us, um, you know, we're, we're going in this time of year and there's a person uh, that, that we miss, you know, and we, and we miss them dearly. You know, maybe that relationship ended or uh, someone passed away and uh, that grief of them, I mean, it, it's just multiplied uh, around this time of year as we're going through the holidays without them. And, and my family, I mean, we're, we're there with you as well. In fact, I had one of my first earlier this year. I had my first grandparent pass away um, uh, this uh, summer, and it was actually my grandma. Her last name uh, was Purple, and she owned that last name. Like, she just loved the color purple and wore it, and, and she was always the life of the party. She was like the rock of our family. In fact, uh, she was the one to go to whenever you need to talk about a problem, because she would just listen without judgment. So my siblings and cousins and I, we'd take advantage of that, and she would open her home up for every holiday. And so this is the first holiday season we're going through without going there. And it's tough for us. It's, it, it's just different. And uh, we're, we're, we're dealing with that as well. And so my family, I mean, we need the hope and the encouragement and the inspiration uh, that many of you do um, as we are going through the series leading into Christmas called It Is Well. And what we're doing throughout this series is we're just looking at the words of Jesus and we're just taking him up on it. When he said to us... My peace I give you, and doesn't it feel like we need peace, especially around the Christmas time? I mean, if you go into the Walmart parking lot and you see all the chaos that happens over there, you're like, "Yeah, we need some peace right now." And uh, you know what we're going to see about the peace of Jesus is that it's different than what our world says about peace, because the peace of Jesus isn't just, "Hey, you know, everything's going great right now and I feel good." No, the peace of Jesus is something that we can experience regardless if it's the most wonderful time of year or not. And and another word for this peace that I absolutely love is is called serenity. And serenity is a peace that, that is just a byproduct of a life that is grounded in Jesus. A great definition of serenity is this untroubled peace. That regardless of what's happening, the good or the bad, I can have this peace and receive it right straight from Jesus. And so how we're receiving this peace that Jesus is offering us uh, throughout this Christmas season is we are going uh, back to this classic but very effective prayer known as the Serenity Prayer. And the Serenity Prayer, it just allows us to focus on Jesus and receive this peace from Him. And it's a very popular prayer that, that just allows us to just say, Okay, Jesus, I want to receive this. And, and what we've been doing with this prayer, we've actually been putting it on our social media channels. So I want to encourage you to follow us on your favorite social media channel. And uh, we've been encouraging everyone throughout the season, Hey, let's focus on Jesus by saying this prayer out loud twice a day. And so, right now, to start off our time together today, I want us to do one of those together. And so when I say go, let's read the serenity prayer out loud together. Okay? Let's go. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can And the wisdom to know the difference. It's such a great prayer. And that's uh, the first part, most popular part of that prayer. And so what we're doing throughout this series to just focus on Jesus, as we're looking at that first part, we're breaking it down. We're tying it together with the Christmas story so that we can receive this peace from Jesus. And last week we got started by looking at that first phrase, the serenity to accept the things that we cannot change. Because there's things that we can't change this Christmas season. like inflation and in-laws just can't change those right now. And so what do we do about that? And what we learn from uh, the the mother of Jesus, Mary, how we can have the serenity or this peace from Jesus to accept what we cannot change. And if you missed last week, I really want to encourage you to go back on our YouTube channel or our podcast and and watch or listen to that because it was really helpful and really inspiring. Now, what we're going to continue to do today is we're going to move into the next line of this prayer. And we're going to see that God can actually give us the courage to change the things he's calling us to change. And as we do this, we'll continue to receive this peace uh, from Jesus. And when we look at the courage to change, we actually see God giving this all throughout the Christmas story. If you read throughout the entire Christmas narrative in the New Testament, you see this pattern happen again and again and again where God identifies people who need courage to change. And it starts early in the Christmas narrative uh, with a man that maybe you may not be as familiar with. His name is Zechariah. And Zechariah is actually the dad to John the Baptist, who is Jesus's cousin. And Zechariah, he actually meets an angel. And here's what we read about Zechariah when he meets this angel. Uh, When Zechariah saw him, this angel, he was startled and gripped with fear. Why is that? He saw an angel. Going to be scared of, of the, the image of an angel. And the angel just said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. And we're going to see this pattern happen all throughout the Christmas story. In fact, a, a few, a little bit later, we see Mary, the mother of Jesus. And the angel shows up to her and says, do not be afraid, Mary. Again, she's afraid because she saw an angel. These aren't the cute, precious moment angels that our parents or our grandparents have on their shelves. I mean, the image of them is going to cause some fear inside of us. We see this happen again shortly after Jesus was born. There's a group of shepherds out watching their sheep um, at night, and the angel shows up to them, and we see the pattern again. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. And they're all afraid. And why are they afraid? It's not just because they saw an angel, although the image of an angel is enough to cause some fear. You know, if we saw one, we'd be afraid. But the angel also gave them a message from God. And the message was, here's what I want you to do. And they knew what they were asked to do was going to uh, be a risk to them. The the message actually caused some fear inside of them because they weren't sure if they wanted to do what God was asking them to do. And this is what we have in common with all of these characters from the Christmas story. See, God is inviting all of us to trust him and to take a step. And when we take that step, we have two options that we can um, say to God when he asks us to take a step. We could say no to God, or we could say yes to God. And the path to no is marked by fear. where we shrink back by fear, we say, God, I'm not going to do that. And the path to yes to God is marked by by courage. And God wants to give us that courage to change because the life that we're going to lead is going to be a result of what we say to God, either either yes or no. And the impact that we can make is going to be a result of that. See, God wants to give us courage to change, not just for courage's sake, but so that we can make an outcome and an impact around others so much bigger than ourselves. And this is what God is inviting many throughout the Christmas story to experience. It's what he's inviting us to experience. But there's one individual in particular that we see this happen again and again and again throughout this Christmas story that we can learn from. And from his example, we can see how God gives us courage to change, to make a difference around us. And this one individual, he actually does not say a single word all throughout Scripture. But yet he demonstrates incredible courage. And his name is Joseph, often referred to as Jesus's earthly dad. And and we can learn a lot from Joseph's story about how to have courage. And we're first introduced into Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, where we pick up in his life, and at the beginning of Joseph's life, I mean, it, it just seems like things are going really, really good for Joseph. If you were to meet him, he may be a guy that you would say, I'd want to be friends with him. And he's one of those guys that you would picture today, probably in their mid to late 20s or early 30s, that looks like they just have the rest of their life ahead of him. Because Joseph, he's actually engaged And so he's ready to be married. He's ready to start his family. He's ready to experience all of that. We know he's a carpenter. So he's getting ready to get his business off the ground. And he just has his whole life ahead of him. Things are looking great. Things are looking on the up and up. And then his fiance comes to him and drops a bomb on him and says, Hey, by the way, I'm pregnant. We know it's not yours. It's obviously not yours. Hey, it's God's son. And Joseph is going to be like any other guy, any other person. I mean, who's going to believe that? He, he, he doesn't believe her at first. And so he has some significant questions about what to do with his relationship uh, with, with Mary. And that's where we pick up his story in Matthew chapter 1. Notice what Matthew begins to write about Joseph. He says this. He says, because Joseph, Mary's husband, was faithful to the law and he loves God, Yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her or call off the engagement quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And so Joseph, he has these fears and these questions about bringing Mary on and marrying her and taking her on as his wife. And it's natural to have fears and questions whenever any relationship goes to the next level. I mean, if you've ever had a relationship said, hey, I think we want to get a little bit more serious, or we want to get engaged, we want to get married, it's natural to have fears because courage um, always is needed whenever there's a change. I remember when I was engaged uh, to my now wife, Andrea, And I had some questions about, hey, what's it going to be like to to be married? Now, my wife and I, we we were engaged in our early 20s, and we first met when uh, we were both in high school. Now, my, my wife's a little bit older than me, so when we first met, I noticed her, but she didn't really notice me. I mean, she was 18. She was a senior at a different high school that I went to. She was a cheerleader. She was really popular. Everyone liked her. I was 16, I was a sophomore, I was scrawny, socially awkward, and I worked at McDonald's. So I noticed her, she did not notice me right away. And then when we got to know each other, she just went ahead and put me in the friend zone over here for a couple of years. And then uh, we kind of moved away from each other for a little bit. And then we actually ended up in a similar area. We reconnected and that was when we started dating and ended up engaged. And, and, And it was so glad we did. But during that time of being engaged, those fears and those questions began to creep in my mind. And this happens to anybody. You know, I started thinking, hey, we're in our 20s. Are we too young? What's it going to be like to be married? Am I going to be a good husband? Am I going to be able to provide well? Um, Where are we going to live? What if I change? What if she changes? You know, what do we do about kids? You know, all of those questions and all of those fears that you just aren't sure what to do about, that happens in any relationship. And so Joseph's dealing with that. But then even more than that, Mary comes to him and says, I'm pregnant with God's son. And he's like, what? <laughs> Who's going to believe that? I mean, that word considered actually could be translated to be angry or upset. I mean, he's going to be upset. I mean, it's, it, it's not his kid. He's wondering what's going on. And so he's considering all of his options. And uh, one of his options was he could actually put her on a public trial which would absolve him from all implications. He wouldn't be accused of violating God's law, and and he could actually call off this engagement um, very accordingly, and and, and no one would blame him at all. But then she could face severe punishment. She could have even been uh, killed by stoning, although that didn't happen much at that time in history. But that could have happened. So he wanted to honor her because he loved people. Joseph, he's a good guy. I mean, we could tell he's a good guy. And so he had in mind, he's like, he's going to divorce her quietly. He's going to call it off And uh, he'd still be absolved. But he also knew if he did this, there's a really, really high chance she would not end up married at all. Which means she would be destined to a life of poverty, raising this kid on her own. And so he knows that. And so he knows the other option is, well, I could marry her. I could go through on it. But then he would face consequences. He has some risks. Because now he knows that people would be talking about him where they would accuse that it's his child and they violated God's law or he's taking on someone and and she was unfaithful to him and he's raising someone else's child. And he'd be talked about that. His character would be impacted. His reputation would be impacted. Some, they would actually refuse to do business with him. He'd, He'd be canceled. So his way of life would be impacted. So he knows the risk that he could take by taking her on as his wife. And so the angel shows up to him and gives him this message. And I love how the angel uh, addresses Joseph. He he just calls him by his name. He says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. And, And I love how he uses both names here. Joseph, son of David. Because what the angel is doing is he's reminding Joseph of his identity. He says, remember who you are in God. Because those names, Joseph and David, they actually refer to two people that we read about long before this. In in, in the history of uh, the nation of Israel found in the Old Testament, Joseph and David were both known as guys who had courage to change. And God used them to bring about change to save their families, to save their nation. They developed courage again and again and again. And, and, And they're reminding Joseph, he said, Joseph, remember You come from a long line of people who've been demonstrated by God that he's given them courage to change. Do not be afraid. And why is the angel telling him that? Because he's afraid. And he isn't sure if he he should take on this step. And so he isn't sure what to do. And so what we see from from this message is that not being afraid isn't a requirement for, for having courage. In fact, having fear is absolutely necessary for us to demonstrate courage. Because what we see in this interaction between the angel and Joseph and what he does after this is that courage is actually doing what God asks you to do even though you are afraid. And so he gets this message from the angel and he knows all the risks involved. But he says, you know what? I'm going to set aside the fear. I'm going to take this step. I'm going to demonstrate courage. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to take Mary on as my wife. And so he starts his family. And what we see in Joseph is that needing courage to change doesn't stop with just one step. He has to do this again and again and again. It's a, it's an ongoing process because shortly after they get married they have a baby. And if you've ever, you know, had a kid, you fear a parent, you know the fear that comes uh, with raising a child. I, I remember uh, 10 years ago when my daughter Jalen was born, we're in the hospital room. They, they, they placed her in my arms, and I just fell so in love with this little baby. But then I also experienced all this fear of oh, I'm responsible for this life. You know, like, hey, you know, what, what do I do? And, you know, I was so afraid of of, of dropping her, you know, and, and, and breaking her. Like, like that, that's not going to work, you know. And 36 hours later, when we're getting out of the hospital and you put her in the car seat and you take her to the car and the nurses that have been helping you out for so long, you get into the car, they're like, we can't help you here. This is now on you. And you're like, oh no, how does this click in? You know, you have the fear of that. And all up until that time throughout my wife's pregnancy, I could not fold up a stroller for the life of me. No long, no matter how much I tried to practice it. So I had this fear that I'm going to be in a parking lot alone with my daughter with a stroller, and we couldn't leave because I can't get it in the car. And and I'm like, what do I do, you know, with with, with, with all of this? And and so you have this fear, and you're just wondering, you know, what could I do to just just mess up this child? And, you know, and all of us as parents, we have this fear. and, And this is my fear for, for my kids and you have your fear for your kids. Joseph, he has to raise the Son of God. I mean, what happens if you mess up Jesus? And you, and you know, you buy Jesus the wrong baby formula. You, you lose Jesus out in public, which he actually did. I mean, so, so he has this pressure of raising the Son of God. Like, if I mess this up, you know, all of history is going to remember me for this, you know. And, and so he carries around that fear, that risk. He, he's got to provide and protect for Mary. And, and Jesus, and even more than that, he has to take on incredible risks because he's raising the Son of God. Shortly after Jesus is born, uh, this young family uh, between Joseph, Mary, and, and Jesus, they're actually visited by a group of individuals, the Magi, also known as the Wise Men. We're going to talk a little bit more about them uh, next week. But, but they begin to key Joseph into a very real threat that they were going to face uh, related uh, to the king in the region Herod. Here, here's what we read about this threat. It's, it's later in the book of Matthew. We read that when they the Magi had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, and take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, because Herod the king is going to search for the child and kill. Him and Herod, the king in the region. I mean, he's the most powerful person in that region, and he heard that there's going to be this Israelite boy born that's going to uh, rule over uh, the Jewish people. And, and he was scared of that, he was jealous of that. So he's actually trying to kill all of these young boys. And, and what Joseph realizes is that the most powerful person in the region wants his son dead. I mean, just imagine the fear of having the most powerful person in the world wanting to go after your child like that. And the way to protect this child, he's told by God, is, hey, go into a foreign nation. Just stay there. You don't know anyone. You don't know any family. You don't know any friends there. Go there and carry out your responsibility to provide and protect for your family. An incredible risk that Joseph has to face. And he goes and he does it. He has the courage to change and he changes where they live. And they're there for several years. And then Herod, that king, he actually ends up passing away and his son ends up ruling um, over. And and they're beginning to wonder, okay, is is it time to go back? And angel speaks to them and starts to uh, tell them it's time to return. And notice uh, what Matthew says about this. Again, we we see the pattern continue. That when Joseph heard that Archelaus uh, was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, He was afraid to go back there, which makes sense. What if Herod's son wants to continue to carry out what his dad wanted to do and kill Joseph's son? And so having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. They went back uh, closer to that region where where God was uh, calling him to go. And so again, another new region, another new place. Joseph has to risk their lives to get there and he still carries out the responsibility to provide and to protect. And so Instead of shrinking back in fear, he says, okay, I'm going to have the courage to change. I'm going to do this. And it led to an incredible outcome. I mean, we we, we know the outcome. Because although he never said a word that's recorded in all throughout the New Testament, we know who he raised. And he raised the Son of God. He raised Jesus. And Jesus came to give us this untroubled peace. Not just during this season, but all throughout the year. In fact, Jesus came to save us from our sin so that we could have a new life that lasts forever with him. An incredible impact was made because Joseph had that courage to change. And from Joseph, we actually see this pattern about how God uses us and how God grows our courage. And, and we see this again and again in the life of Joseph. And we see this again and again in the life of anyone who, who takes God and has them grow their, their courage to change. And, and here's the pattern. God asks us to do something. And we see what God is asking us to do. And we realize the risk. And we can be afraid. But instead, we say, you know what? I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to take God. I'm going to say yes to him. And I'm going to take that step, whatever he's asking me to do. And as we take that step, God will grow our courage. But what we realize, just like Joseph, it just doesn't end at one step. God's going to invite us to take another step. It's probably going to be a harder step. it's going to have even more risk. And so what we do is we say, you know what? I'm going to take that step. And when I take that step, even though there's risk involved, I'm going to realize that God's going to grow my courage again. And there's going to be more courage to change what's going on around me. And then the pattern continues. God's going to invite us to take another step with even more risk. And it's going to be harder to take. And if we say yes, we realize, okay, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to take that step. And that my courage is going to grow and God's going to change even more when I take that step. God will grow our courage and give us that courage to change. I think of it like this. Imagine you're at the gym and you're wanting to grow some muscles, which I know. I look down. I'm not the one to be talking about growing a lot of muscles, but just hang with me for just a second. How, how, How do you do that? You don't grow your biceps by, you know, listening to some podcasts about different exercises or reading magazine articles about the supplements you should take or watching YouTubes of guys doing all the bench presses and curls. You grow your muscles by going to the gym, grabbing a weight, lifting it until it gets really, really easy, then you grab a harder weight and you lift that and then you grab a harder weight and you lift that until it gets harder and harder and you keep lifting the heavier weight and eventually your muscle is going to grow our courage grows the exact same way. We don't get more courage to change by talking about it. We don't get more courage to change by listening to others or seeing others demonstrate courage. The way that our courage grows is we hear what God is calling us to do and we say, you know what, even even despite the risk, I'm going to take the step, I'm going to follow him, I'm going to see my courage grow and I'll see the change that happens as a result of that. Now, we might hear that and think, okay, That's great about, you know, courage, but does that mean I just have to live in fear all the time? It's just hard and I have to do this all by myself? Well, no, actually, Joseph learned the key as to why he could actually take God up on this, why he could trust God and say yes to him and let his courage grow. And the key was actually given to him by the angel when the angel told him about Jesus being born to Mary. And I want you to hear this key uh, right, right, right here from the angel. Notice what the angel said to Joseph after he he talked about Jesus being born. When he said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. He says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because his name means he will save people from their sins. And then notice what the angel says right after this. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that's the key. That's how you can say yes to God. Even though despite the risks, you realize I don't have to be afraid because God is right there with me. Joseph this is so cool about Joseph. Even though he never said a word that's recorded throughout the whole New Testament, even though he never said something, he was the first one to hear Jesus mentioned in this way. To hear that God is right there with us. So, so Joseph, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to take on, you know, your, your wife. Well, I want you to do this, even though I know it's not your son. Take, on, take him on. Escape out of this country. You know, provide, protect, take on all of this risk. I want you, I'm going to give you the courage to change and you don't have to be afraid because God is right here with you every step of the way. That's why you don't have to be afraid. That's why you can have the courage to change because God is right here with us every step of the way. Or if you go back to the gym example, you don't have to be afraid about grabbing the heavier weight. Because if you're wondering if it's going to come down to you, you have a spotter with you. And the spotter will be there. He'll say, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And you can't do it anymore. He'll grab that and take it right back. God is right there with us every step of the way. The moments that we're like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know. I don't know. God is right there with us saying, I'm right here. I got you. You can do it. I'm going to give you that courage to change. So we don't have to be afraid. God is going to give you the courage to change because he's right here with us. And so the question is, so since he's right here with us, as we head into this Christmas season, well, where? Where does God want to give you or give me the courage to change? And I want us to wrestle with that throughout this week and just ask ourselves, where does God calling me to take a step? And you know the risk. And it it, it might be easy to say, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it because I'm afraid. I don't want to take on that risk. But I know that if I do this, if God gives me that courage to change this, oh man, it's going to lead to an incredible impact in me and around me. For some of us, that answer might be inside of us. We're, we're, we're God's wanting to give you the courage to change, to, to address your anger or your sadness, or something related to your mental health, and you're like, yeah, I haven't wanted to deal with it. I haven't wanted to acknowledge it, but I know, yeah, if something changes about it, it, it it's going to lead to a whole lot better in me and, and relationships around me. Other, others of us, it might be related to our relationships. Where we're, we're realizing, yeah, I, I need God to give me the courage to change, to put some boundaries in some relationships. You know, where I'm not going to let myself just be overly stressed with the calendar. I'm not going to let myself go nuts with all the Christmas spending this year. You know, I, I'm not going to let others take advantage of me this way. I need to set some boundaries. And, and I know it's going to be hard. And I, and, and I know I might disappoint some people. I'm afraid of that. But I know it's going to be better for us overall if we put these boundaries in place. Others of us, it, it, it's related to others where we realize, hey, God, God is calling us to take a step and to serve others. And to serve on a team. And you might be afraid like, well, I don't know about the time commitment. I don't know about that. You know, but, but you know, God will use you to make an impact and a difference in others that way. Uh, maybe it's related to that, that friend or that neighbor that you just know. Yeah. They really need an invite. They really need hope this Christmas. But I'm scared. I'm nervous about inviting them over to Christmas. What would they think about me? What would they say about me? God, give me the courage to change. And I'll invite them. And, and so hopefully, you know, we'll see the impact that will happen. They'll experience the hope of Jesus uh, this Christmas. Maybe for you, the courage to change is related to your relationship with Jesus. You've been checking him out. You've been asking questions about Jesus. You haven't been sure, you know. But now for you, you realize the curse to change is to take Jesus up on who he says he is. And you're going to receive his gift of peace. And you're going to invite him to be the leader and the follower of your, uh, of your life. You're going to ask him to forgive you of your sins. You say, Jesus, yeah, I'm still scared about what this means for my life, but I'm in. I want to follow you. And so where is he calling you? To take that step. Where does he want to give you the courage to change? For me, I've, I've been looking over the last couple of weeks and couple of months, and what I've been realizing is, yeah, I, I've been conflict avoiding. I've been avoiding some tough conversations. I've been avoiding uh, this and letting others just kind of have their way and not sharing my opinion. I realize, you know, I, you know, God, I need the courage to change to actually put some boundaries in place and share what's going on because I know it can lead to better, healthier conversations. And I'm, so I'm afraid of t- some tough conversations, but I realize if I do this, It's going to be better overall. And so where does God want to give us courage to change? As we take that step, remember, we aren't doing this alone because God is right here with us. We don't have to be afraid because he is right along beside us, giving us that courage. In fact, I can't help but think about when Joseph, when he's hearing this message from the angel and he's wondering, hey, was Mary really faithful? Should I really take her on as my wife? Hey, what will people really say? What will really happen? And the angel is telling him the reason why he can have courage, because it's God with us. I can't help but think that Joseph began to think about an old passage that his people just reflected on again and again and again uh, during their time. And it it was just an incredible passage that they held on to. It is still an incredible passage today. Uh, It's actually found in the Old Testament book of Joshua, where God commanded the nation of Israel at that point to have courage to change. And here's what God told uh, the nation of Israel then. He said, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And that's the key to wherever it is that we identify, hey, I need to change this. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be discouraged because God is with us wherever we go. And so as we head into this Christmas season, what I want us to do is just encourage each other with these words. And here's how we're going to do that. In just a little bit, I'm just going to share some statements that maybe you relate to or definitely someone in your row or around you is relating to. And what I want us to do is I want us to say some words out loud to encourage ourselves and to encourage others as we head into this Christmas season. So when I read these statements out loud, I want you to say out loud as loud as you can, be strong and courageous. And we're going to use this just to encourage each other and to give each other the courage to change as we head into this Christmas season. And so, when you struggle with doubts in your life, remember, God says, be strong and courageous. Yes, let's continue to say that together. When you face financial fears and they start to overpower you, remember, God says, be strong and courageous. When you feel beaten down, and you head into this Christmas season, remember, God says, be strong and courageous. When the future looks scary and uncertain, remember that God says to be strong and courageous. And when you feel like you need to begin all over again, remember, God says, be strong and courageous. You know, as we head into this Christmas I want you to be strong and courageous. Have that courage to change. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Because the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. And he gives us the courage to change. And that will make the impact in us, through us, and around us. Hey, let me pray for us. God, we thank you for the Christmas season where you have given us the greatest gift in your son, Jesus Who came to give us not just this feel-good peace that everything feels alright, but this comfort and this peace that that we know that we can rest in you and have this untroubled peace in you regardless of what's going on around us. And so God, we receive that right now and God, we know a part of that is by having the courage to change what you're calling us to change. So God, whatever that step is that you're asking us to take, God, I pray God that, that we would not focus on the reasons to not take it, but God, you'd give us the courage and we'd say yes. And God, you would grow our courage And that we would see an impact um, in in our neighborhoods, in our communities, our schools, our relationships. Wherever you're calling us to take, God, let us take that. Because you had the courage to give us your son, Jesus, to change the situation that we found ourselves in. You've given your life for us so that we can receive new life in him. And we're so grateful for that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Churches podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids' and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.